Listen, let's go to our text this morning, 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And we're going to begin reading at the 7th verse. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, reads accordingly. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's go back to verse 10 that says, and I'm sorry, verse nine, and, it's, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Would you help me charge the atmosphere this morning by saying the other side of through? Come on, encourage yourself and say, I've got to get to the other side of through. Let's pray together. Fathers, in Jesus' name that we come to you this morning. Thank you for being our God and our King and everything we need you to be, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us now. We thank you for this teaching moment and gathering of believers. Show yourself strong and mighty in our midst. We ask, Lord, that you will reveal yourself to us in the power of the text. We thank you that this word that will come today will be a life-changing word, a word that we will forever hide in our hearts so that we will not sin against you. I'm asking you, Lord, now that you would have your way in this place, have your way in me, have your way in us. I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, you would find acceptable in your sight because you are my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. Well, listen, we're going to jump right in. Most of us are not fond of pain right or adversity as a matter of fact i don't know anybody who like just willingly enjoys going through willingly enjoys having um pain and adversity and difficult situations and we generally try to avoid it at all costs we actually uh rebel against the suggestion that we have to endure anything painful and we we completely like rebel against the suggestion that us enduring anything painful could potentially be for our good. Like it could potentially be for our making. We don't like to think about us going through the process is to make us stronger and to make us better. That is actually good for us. We prayed last week um, for Siobhan. So many of you know that she had surgery on her foot and um, you know her recovery period is quite extensive as a matter of fact we didn't quite realize we knew that she was going to be out of pocket for about six to eight weeks but we didn't realize like the extent 
to what was going to be required. So right now she is living at our house for the next few weeks or so because she Amen. really um, needs some assistance. So anyway, she had surgery on Wednesday and Thursday we went through physical therapy and occupational therapy. And so, um, you know, she's got to learn how to function and how to maneuver and how to adjust to this new way of life for the time being. And so um, she had a mini breakdown Thursday night. So I did get her permission to share this with y'all. She had a mini breakdown on Thursday night and um, she was just like exhausted and tired. And uh, you know, she was, she was weary, she was discouraged because she's in the process of learning how to rebuild her strength and learning how to um, build up her endurance for her other leg and upper body strength. And, you know, she was just really going through. And I said to her, hey, it's hard right now. Like, you ain't never been through nothing like this before. This is new. It's difficult. It's tough. And you're going through a lot. But the bottom line is you got to get through it. You don't, you don't have a choice. You have to endure. The good thing is that it's temporary. This is not what the rest of your life is going to look like. This is the season that you're in right now for this moment. What you're feeling is the pain of progress. Because had you just stayed in the bed and done nothing and not, not worked out and not had therapy, you would not be getting better. And so because you are working and you're trying and you're putting forth effort and you're putting forth energy, you're experiencing the pain of progression. But this will soon be a distant memory and things are going to get better. You got to keep going. Somebody say the other side. So today our text was written by the Apostle Paul and this is his second letter to the church at Corinth and I believe Paul has like one of the greatest salvation stories in history to me. So one day, um, you know, Paul was known for persecuting the church and talking about Christians and talking about Jesus. And, you know, he just wasn't down with all of that. So one day Jesus just kind of shows up on the scene while Paul was on a journey to Damascus. I love how Jesus will just show up on the scene of our lives when we're not thinking about him. We hadn't, you know, planned to have an encounter with him, and he will just show up and show out. So we're in a situation where Paul or Saul at that time didn't even like Jesus, let alone was he thinking about him. And so Jesus just rolls up on the scene and walks hand in hand with the greatest persecutor of the church of all times, and he converts him, and he extends and offers salvation to him. And then Paul becomes one of, honestly, like the most celebrated preachers, right, of, of all times. He wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament, and he was completely sold out to the cause of Christ. So not only was he a great preacher and a great teacher and this great apostle, but he had an immeasurable amount of tolerance and endurance. So we're going to take a look at that now. Let's go back to the text, 2 Corinthians 12. This time we're going to put it up in the NIV version, the New International Version, that says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, 
a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my powers made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Somebody say, I am strong. Now listen, the logical point here, the logical point of view would be, let's, let's step away from the spiritual side and let's just think logically, right? The logical side would be that God would reward, would reward those who um, do good, who are righteous, who obey his commandments, and he would reward us with less pain, less adversity, right? We shouldn't you have to go through trials and tribulations because, you know, we're doing what you have called us to do. We're serving. You know, we're pastors. We're elders. We're on the power team. We're doing what you've commanded. So, like, the logical side would be, like, come on, can we get a break? After all, we're working for you. But it didn't quite work that way. We don't get a pass. And Paul did not get a pass. So we are going to use him as a character template this morning so that we can see exactly how he walked out this thing that would not leave him. So as Paul was planning churches, bear with me just a little moment. We're going to give you a little bit of history, right? So as Paul was planning churches, teaching about Christ and becoming one of the most prominent figures in the Christian faith, he seemed to have endured an incredible amount of pain. So we're in chapter 12, but over in chapter 11, he actually outlines some of the hardships that he faced, that he endured. So he was beaten several times with fists, with whips, with rods. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked three times. He was imprisoned multiple times. He had to hide out on the outskirts of the city and in people's houses because there were so many death threats against him. But he was a man of endurance. So now verse 7 says that Paul had a thorn in his flesh. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. We don't exactly know what this thorn was in his flesh. The text doesn't say. Some theologians suggest that um, Paul was dealing with spiritual temptation. Some say it was just opposition and persecution. Others say that his thorn was carnal and that he was dealing with temptation. Some say that his thorn was his physical appearance because he had gone through some stuff and was disfigured and he wasn't quite nice to look upon. So we just don't know what his thorn was. But what the scripture does say is that Paul asked the Lord three times for it to be removed, for it to be taken away from him. And so, you know, I envision Paul in my mind's eye having this conversation with God like, listen, it would be a good idea for this thorn to be removed because if you remove it, then I'm able to plant more churches. Like if you remove it, then I can win more souls for Christ. Like if you take this thing away, then I'll be able to do more for you. You know how we do. You know how we'll start bargaining with God. We'll talk to him. If you will, then I will fill in the blank, whatever it is. Father, God, if you will do this and I will do that, if, if you will uh, uh, give me the job, then I'm going to pay my tithes. If you will give me the car, then I'll pick up everybody and let them come to church. If you uh, help me get home safely, 
I, I promise not to drive under the, the, the you know, influence of whatever I was on again. If you will, then I will. But the response that Paul got from Jesus was not the response that he was expecting. And it's probably not the response that many of us expect. Paul asked again and again, three times, please God, please God, please God. And the response was not what he wanted to hear. Listen, have you ever had a thorn in your side or a thorn in your flesh? Have you ever had a thorn in your life that just wouldn't go away? Whatever it is, this thing that maybe you can't tell anybody about but God. But it just seems like he won't remove it. He won't take it away. You've prayed about it time and time again. Lord, take this thing away. Remove it. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't know if I can deal with it. Can you do something about it? How do you handle something that just seems like it's a constant in your life, but it, it doesn't feel good? How do you handle something that continuously causes you pain, the thing that seems like it's about to take you out and it won't go away. And I'm not talking about anything specific, you know, because we all have different challenges. Some, you know, we have issues and struggles and thoughts, ideas, people, relationships, situations. We got a lot of different stuff that we're dealing with. But we all deal with thorns. Somebody say thorns. But thank God, because... In all of his deity, Jesus, in all of his deity, and in all of his humanity, he knows exactly how we feel. Recall with me, if you will, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He doesn't get an answer. The Bible says that being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, right? Sometimes we do that. Maybe I ain't pray long enough. Maybe I ain't pray hard enough. Maybe I ain't pray enough. Let me just go back and ask him again. So the Bible says that this time he prayed more earnestly to the degree that sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And he didn't get an answer. So now if the Son of God didn't get an immediate answer, or if he didn't get the answer that maybe he wanted, how then, or what then makes us special or allows us the, the, um, the room to be frustrated and tired and aggravated? Because what we have to remember and understand is what the text says is that his grace is sufficient for us. Listen, what you have to know is that as you are matured in faith, there will just be some things, y'all, that you just flat out got to go through. There will be some things that you have to endure and some situations that um, it won't be an easy way out of. There will be some things that you encounter in life where the only way out of it is going through it. I'm going to say it again. There's going to be some situations that you encounter where the only way out is by going through. I know. That's not what we want to hear this morning. I know it's hard and it's rough and it's tough and 
you know, I know you're discouraged. I know you're frustrated. I know they mistreated you. I know they talked about you. I know you feel understood. I know this thorn is there, digging in your flesh. And every time you feel like it's about to get better, it digs a little bit deeper. And every time you feel like it's, it's about to go away, something happens and brushes up against it and you realize you know, that it's still tender, that it's, it's still sore. But the only way out is through. So listen, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. We don't have to worry about whether or not we're going to come out successful because he is our God. Listen, remember verse 9. Paul says um, in his time of need, he was met with Jesus' response that his grace, my grace is sufficient for you. I believe that the grace that was on Jesus in the garden is that same grace that enabled him to carry out the assignment of Calvary is that same grace that is made available to us today. The grace that was on him way back how many thousand years ago is the same grace that is on us today. Now, that's like really a good place to get excited because Jesus has walked in pain and he has walked in agony and he has had a thorn in his flesh. And he has done all of that just so we can know how to do it so that we can know that it can be done. Pastor touched on it last week. We know that he is uh, 100% God. He's 100% deity, 100% man. And that theological term is called the hypostatic union. It describes the union of his divinity and the union of his humanity. So Jesus laid for us a template for us to walk through, or, or he laid a template for us and our willingness and for us to know how we are to walk through difficult situations. Listen, I'm glad that we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched by our infirmities. But in all points, the Bible says he was tempted, as are we, yet he was without sin. So he says, my grace is sufficient. Listen, about five years ago, I dealt with a situation um, and I encountered someone that uh, things didn't quite work out the way it, it, things should have worked out. And prior, prior to it going down, man, you know, I was a friend to this person. I was a caretaker. I was a confidant. I was a banker. Um, you know, I was, I, was, I was there. And there was an incident that transpired that left me dealing with some really heavy legal ramifications. And as a result, went through some things. I ended up, I ended up losing my, um, my teaching job and other jobs that I applied for I couldn't get. And, you know, I was, I was out of work for a while. And during the entire process, y'all, I was silenced. I couldn't say nothing. I couldn't say anything legally. I couldn't say anything socially. You know, I didn't know who knew what. I knew folk were talking. I didn't know what side of the story, well, I knew what side of the story you got. I couldn't defend myself. I couldn't take up for myself. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything but endure. I couldn't do anything but go through. And it was, you know, it was rough. Some days were good, many days were bad. 
And I remember pastor saying to me, like in the very beginning, before he even knew, Price said to me prophetically one, one Sunday, this is not going to take you out, but you're going to have to go through it. And he didn't even know at the time what it was. But his words to me that I held on to for, for the duration of that time was, it is not going to take you out, but you're going to have to go through. And so the only option I had, y'all, was to trust God. And I had to allow him to carry me through the situation. I had to make up my mind. And once I made up my mind that I was going to rest in God and God alone, and I, would, I asked him to deliver me from people and thoughts and, you know, conversations and gossips and the rumor mill and all of that kind of stuff, then he was able, I was able to realize that his grace was sufficient to get me through the situation. And then everything that I lost, God started restoring to me. I mean, everything that I lost, he started restoring. I was upset about losing my teacher job because I was good at it and I loved my babies and, you know, I liked having the summers off. I liked all of the perks that came with teaching. And I probably would still be there today had this situation not happened. But as God started restoring, you know, he, he gave me a job that allowed me to travel across the country, you know, and that was something I've always wanted to do. After that assignment ended, I was able to work from the comfort of my home. And I have to be at work at 8.30. I was getting out of bed at 8.15 and, and logging in and, and working for the day. Now, after a few months, that got tired and old and the demands got, got, you know, became a lot. And so then, one Thursday morning, not long ago, I was talking to Rodney and I was like, listen, I'm not going to be able to do this much longer. And God is going to have to, like, do something to get me out of this situation. That was Thursday morning. Thursday afternoon, I was on a conference call. And literally during that call, I was praying. Because on that conference call, they were saying, okay, your responsibilities are about to increase, and we're expecting you to do this, and expecting you to do that. And I was like, this is just not good. This is not good. And I was literally praying at that moment, God, you got to do something. And my phone rang. And an HR director said, hey, I was just calling to see if you wanted to come work for me. It was a job I didn't even know was available, a job I didn't even apply for. And listen, if I told y'all all of the perks and the benefits that I had on that job, y'all would just be flat out mad. So I'm not even going to tell you about that. But just know that God has restored. He goes above and beyond. If you are able to trust him, if you're able to rest in him, depend on him, rely on him, you don't have to worry about it. He will open door after door, window after window, opportunity after opportunity. Just know that as you're going through, you're getting stronger. Just know that as you're going through, you're getting better. It'll make you wiser. That, me going through that situation made me more sensitive to the misfortune of others. I realized that I didn't just go through that for me. I went through it and... Not even two years after I did it, I had a, another young lady who went through something similar. And I had to walk through that exact process with her. It is all for our making, but ultimately for the upbuilding and the edification of God's kingdom. Hear me clearly today. Jesus 
is right there with you all the time. He's right there wanting to carry you through. He would never leave you. He would never forsake you. He says, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your, in your weakness. I know you can't do it by yourself. I'm not expecting you to. It's not in your powers and his. It's not in your might, it's in his. He's waiting there to go with you to get you through the other side. Listen, people of God, I want to remind you. The Bible says that God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. The devil may have attempted to take you out. Your enemies may have talked about you. They may have trampled all over you. They may have counted you out. But the psalmist declares that you pushed me violently that I may fall. But the Lord helped me because the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. And he has become my salvation. Somebody say the other side of through. Psalm 121 declares, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. I realize that my help comes from the Lord, the one who's made the heaven and the earth. It says, he who keeps you will not slumber. He will not sleep. He is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not smite you by day or the moon by night. The Lord God will preserve your soul. You don't have to worry about it. Somebody say the other, the other side. Listen, you, 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 can't, you can't give up. You can't give in. He's waiting. He's wanting to strengthen you. He's waiting for the opportunity to perfect his strength in your weakness. The Bible declares that uh, this light affliction, which is just for a moment, y'all, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Say, I've got to go through. The Bible declares that the trying of my faith produces patience. Say, I'm going through. The God of all grace, this is what the Bible says, the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered just a little while, he will perfect you, he will establish you, he will strengthen you, he will settle you, he will give you what you need to make it through because eye hasn't seen, nor has ear heard, and it hasn't even entered into the hearts of man. The great things that God has prepared for those who love him say, I gotta go through. I know you don't understand it. I know it ain't easy. I know it doesn't seem fair. I know you feel like, I said before, you've been mistreated and God dog, it feels like you're facing one challenge after another. And as soon as you make a little bit of lead weight then something else comes up. And as soon as you feel like you've accomplished one thing, then you're left dealing with something else. But my encouragement for you today is not to throw in the towel. You can't be weary in, you can't be weary in well-doing. You can't lose heart because it is his good pleasure to come to your rescue. Think about it. Think about those of us in the room who are parents. And we see our children dealing with situations and struggling or whatever the case may be. And we want to literally do everything that we can to rescue them. Sometimes it's not good for us to come to their rescue all the time. 
Sometimes they've got to learn the hard way. They've got to walk it out for themselves. But we're steadily on the sidelines cheering and praying and interceding for their, their behalf because they're ours and we love them. So now then, if you feel that way about yours, how much more does our Heavenly Father feel that way about us? Do you think he wants to see you fail? Do you think he wants to see you discouraged? Do you think he wants to see you, you know, depressed and disappointed? And It's for your good. It's for your making. It's so you can get to the other side because the only way out many times is going through. 